Thanks for tuning in on our Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we pray you're encouraged by the message. James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy. Everyone say joy. Here's where it gets interesting. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, thanks a lot for that one, Bible, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature ooh, and complete, better, gets even better, not lacking nothing. That sounds really good. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, that person, everyone say that person, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. If you're double-minded, you can't expect God, you got to be set. That's what God's Word says. Go down to verse 12. It says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I want to speak to you this morning very briefly and shortly because many of you have a game to watch. The 49ers are playing the, I'm just joking, some of you. Pass the test. Let's look at your neighbor real quick and say, pass the test. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name in all God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Omar. Thank you, worship team. And thank you, Brooklyn. Oh my goodness. Guys, give it up for Brooklyn. Man, that was awesome. Sorry. I'm turning 40 in a couple weeks, and I'm being told that I'm getting a lot more emotional with my age, which has probably been the case ever since I was a kid anyways, but it blesses my heart to see um, all ages serve the Lord. But I've been coming to our church, and man, just up here, man, went from sitting in a pew or a chair, whatever you want to call it, to just up here on an acoustic guitar. I thank God for people who can play guitars, because I can't. I can hit stuff, though. I like doing that. That's a lot easier, but it was great to have you. Let's set our heart and our theme on the message here this morning so we can kind of understand. Today, we're talking about a word that all of us really love to encounter on a daily basis, trials, <laughs> testings. I, I, I almost guarantee not one person in this room woke up this morning saying, I want my kids to drive me nuts today. Um, I, you know what? As a matter of fact, I, I, want, I want a test. I want my spouse to say something to me that will cause me to walk in patience. Bet you didn't wake up saying that, did you? Nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to have financial issues and trouble. Right? Am I talking to the right crowd? Like, no one wakes up in the morning saying, I just want everything to suddenly fall apart with no warning. Now, in life, wouldn't it be great if you kind of got a warning, like when hard times come, like, hey, this is coming. Let me give you that warning. It's in the Bible, testing and trials. They are coming. Congratulations. Welcome to church. Hope you have a great day. They're all coming. Like, no matter how young you are, how old you are, it's like life has a way of testing and pushing our buttons really, really good. Have you noticed that? So with that, we see that whether it's our marriage, our children, our family, our co-workers, the people that you share the road with on the way to work, some of you, you know who they are because you see them because you leave at the same time. Life 
can get testy. Trials come. There's no, like, advanced warning. And it's difficult. In our opening text, James is showing us the proper perspective to have towards trials and towards testings when they come. Now, normally, I like to spend about anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes with an opener that really, really draws you in. I don't want to do that today. I want to get straight to it. I want us to understand what trials are, what they're supposed to do in our lives, so that when we walk out of this place, we have a proper understanding, because whether it's today or tomorrow or at some point this week, you will be tried. Something will try to come against you and at you, and you have to be able to know what to do. So we always ask two questions in every message. What do we need to know, and then what do we need to do? What do we need to know? Because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, above all else, gain wisdom and gain understanding. So if we talk about the theme of trials and testing, we need some wisdom on that. And everybody said, amen, because wisdom is the supreme thing. And then... What do we need to do? The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word, but be... Dude, you guys are getting so good at that. I say it every single week, and you're starting to get it, and it's good, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah. All right. What do we need to know about trials and testings? I drink way too many rock stars in the morning, guys. I'm sorry. And then someone gave me a donut, and now I'm just feeling really good. Number one, what do we need to know about trials? Trials are necessary for your wholeness. Ouch. In other words... Trials and testings, they make you. Matter of fact, you are who you are today because of something that has tested you or tried you in your past. For example, if God came through in a mighty way in your life in the past with the trial, today you are much better because of it because you were able to trust God in faith and God was able to do something. That trial made you who you are. Now, sometimes, too, on the other side, have you ever met a bitter person before? Man, aren't they just a joy to be around, right? Like, no matter what you say, negative, 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 negative. Negative. So then people don't want to hang out with them. Now, if nobody's hanging out with you, that, just joking, wouldn't mean that. But think about it. Life trials, testings have made them who they are. Your trials, the things that, that, that consistently come up against you, they make you who you are. Now, I want to break down some words in our opening text, but I'm going to do it in a different translation, and I'm going to give you some definitions to it. So if you're the type of person who likes to write stuff down, this would be a really good time to get ready to do so because I'm going to go through it very quickly. Let me read the different version to you and then point out some key words. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. My brethren, count. Everyone say count. Count it all joy when you fall. Say fall. Into various. Say various. Trials. Say trials. Cool. You guys are with me. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, that's a good one. But let patience have its perfect work. Oh, we're not too patient, are we? No, no, no. Come on, some of you, man, if your order didn't come through too quick this morning at Starbucks, you were mad on your way to church. Patience. 
Man, if your kids didn't get dressed right when you said, whew, you lost your patience, right? Patience is hard. Why? Because our timing, we sometimes believe, is exactly what it needs to be. And when God would say, not even close, right? So it says that perfect, or let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. Uh-oh. How many of us want to be good at life? Show of hands. Anybody? Oh, good, great. Then be patient. Right there we go. I don't want to be patient. Well, then you won't be perfect. Think about what it says after that. Watch here. Complete. How many of you want to feel complete in your life? You want to feel like you have purpose? Like you're not always just trying to just kind of exist in life. Okay. Then let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete. And man, I really love this. Lacking in nothing. Okay, now let's move backwards through these key verses, okay? Trials. What, what, what is trials? Trival, trials is a proving the properties of anything. That's what a trial, it proves the properties. So it kind of proves who you are. Fall, it, it, when it's translated in this passage of Scripture, a sudden, uh-oh, or unexpected hardship. You ever just been going on in life and boom, something happens? That's what a fall. In other words, you didn't see it coming. Man, I've said that plenty of times. What about the word various? This one's interesting. The word various is actually the same word used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament to describe Joseph's coat of many colors. Now, let's put this together because you can read that or hear that and go, still don't get it, Pastor. Me too. I do that quite often in the Bible. That's why I love the Bible because it constantly puts you in a place where you're like, I got to dig into that. So it's the same Greek word that describes that meaning that trials in your life come in all shapes, in all sizes, in all colors. Financial, relational, physical, emotional. By the way, have you noticed that a lot of trials all seem to come at the same time? Don't you just kind of wish sometimes, like, hey God, I'll just take one at a time, please. Right? Life doesn't work that way. And what's amazing is sometimes you could find really good victory in this trial over here. And then really, really have issues with this one over here. Think about the one thing in your life that is hard for you to say no to. Because, you know, the Bible says you're only tempted by the things you really like. Never tempted by the things you don't. Why? Because you don't like them. So why is it that in this area I could, I could be really good, but over here I can't? Well, that's because trials and temptings and all that stuff come in many different shapes and sizes. Some of them are harder to defeat. And if you've lived enough life of serving Jesus, you know that to be true. It's difficult. Think about the word count. It means to press down your mind upon and to think about. Have you ever stopped when a trial has come and just said, okay, let me think about this for a moment. Why am I facing this trial? Why is this so difficult? The idea is that you take your specific trial in hand and you begin to focus your thoughts on what's going on and why. I mean, after all, what's really joyful about hardship if you don't discover the specific purpose? Because the top of the verse says to count it all joy. So if I don't understand the purpose in my life, I'm not going to have joy. I'm not going to see why I've got to get through that. Now, according to verse 3, the goal of all trials is to produce patience, endurance, and perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. How many of you guys know nothing in the world takes place 
of perseverance. Amen? Lindy Daryl, nothing takes place of thyro. Many of you guys have no idea what that is. Us three know it very well. It's a CrossFit workout that we did a couple days ago. We could still barely walk, but we persevered. Anyways, moving on. Now, the word patience, it means the ability to remain, this, this one might be hard for us, to remain under. I know I'm taking a moment to teach here, but track with me. To remain under. When you face a trial and something that's very difficult, what do we always try to do? Get me out of it, God. Just me? You guys are quiet, staring at me. Got to get out of here. Got to run. But, but what would happen when trials come if while under that trial, you actually trusted God to lead you through? Instead of, I'm just going to run. Because what if those trials, God is trying to teach you something or trying to reveal something in you that you need to see and that you need to endure and stay under so that you could pass the test? What if God was trying to produce in you staying power to trust Him that while you're under this hardship that comes in all different shapes and sizes, that you can say, hey God, I'm feeling this now, but I know you're good. I know you're going to show me the way out of this deal, so I'm not going to try to run from it, because maybe, just maybe, God, you're trying to produce character inside of me. Maybe, Lord, I'm trusting in my own ability, and maybe I need to learn something. See, sometimes you're going to stay under that thing until God can produce something in you. Isn't that what the Scripture said? Isn't he trying to give you patience and perseverance? So you can't always run. You got to deal with it. James is pointing out so many things to do in this moment and in trials that it really causes us to step back and say, you know what, maybe I was looking at trials and testings completely wrong. Maybe it's not something that I run from, but it's something that I, that I, I learn. I learn from. I came across this little article, and it was called, And It Came to Pass. Someone was once asked, as a church mom, what's your favorite scripture? And she said, my favorite scripture is, and it came to pass. You know, if you look that up in the Bible, 400 times it's in the Bible. And it came to pass. When asked why she chose this one, she said, because it does not say it came to stay. Aren't you thankful for that? Trials don't come to stay. They eventually go if you pass the test. So, number one, trials are necessary for your wholeness. Number two, trials must be walked through with wisdom. So now if we're going to walk through them and get some staying power underneath them, then we're going to understand that I have to walk through with wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given unto you. The word wisdom, what's it mean? It's accumulated knowledge. It's enlightenment. It's insight. This last one got me pretty good. 
It's common sense. Whoo! Can we use some of that nowadays? Common sense. Wisdom is the ability to know and to apply knowledge effectively. Notice the words in Proverbs 9, 9. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Meaning, if you think you've got life figured out and you're wise, there's still more to learn. I'm learning the older I get, the less I really know. And I kind of like it, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I get to play dumb every once in a while. Now, don't look at me that way, because you've done that too. Didn't know. Doesn't matter how old you get, you still are learning more. We were on a prayer call I think it was last week, Mike, or the week before, and Mike had made mention of, man, the older I get, the more I still read it. I got so much more to, to learn. It's interesting that Proverbs, the man of all wisdom, Solomon, would say, hey, give a wise man. He's already wise. He still needs more wisdom. I love what one person said. They said, wisdom is the scriptural answer to a human problem. If you have a problem in your life, wisdom can help solve it. But you have to place yourself around that. One of my favorite things so far in our groups are our table for six, or for, in some cases, table for eight. And I'm not going to make fun of the other group because last week Star Wars started playing from the piano, and that's because I started messing with the group. But one of the greatest things about our table is we get to sit around the table with those who have lived life, and they've lived longer, and they've learned some things, and they've got some stuff to impart. I would encourage you that even if you're not in a table for six, you need to place yourself around those who are much wiser than you are so you can continue to learn and to grow and to get wiser. I think the best thing we can walk out of here today saying is, hey, I ain't got life all figured out yet, but I'm still going to learn and I'm still going to grow. You got to walk through with wisdom. Now, I won't, I'll go through this part very quickly because I've done it here before, but I believe we gain wisdom three ways. I believe, first and foremost, that wisdom, number one, comes through pain. There are things in life that teach us. Psalms 119.7, my suffering was good for me. Yeah, not too many of us say that. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. That word decrees is another way of saying God's word. So my sufferings, David would say, they were good for me. They taught me something. Listen, there are some things in this life that you will only learn through pain. You will be let down. You will be betrayed. Things will be said. You will experience life. People will live. People will die. Finances will be good. Finances will be bad. School will be great. You will fail one exam. You can go all the way across the board. Life has a way of teaching you. The question is, is will you learn the lesson? Will you pass the test? Wisdom. Wisdom comes through, through pain. MJ, you'll like this one. When they first started developing golf balls, they were smooth. You know that? Smooth. But here's what they noticed after a while. When you continue to hit that golf ball, the more scuffed up it was, the more dense it had, the further it went. Could it just be that in life, the dents that have impacted you the scratches. If you play golf like me, all the times you hit the tree. <laughs> Pain has a way of teaching us. So many times when it happens, we, no, I don't want nothing to do with it. No, no, no. Pain's your teacher. Didn't think you'd hear that in church today, did you? Experience pain, everybody. You'll be better for it. Number two, you gain wisdom through people. Proverbs thirteen twenty. walk 
with the wise and become wise. You know what I've learned in life? I've learned that the good ones learn from their mistakes, but the great ones learn from the mistakes of others. I told a person once, you've maybe heard me say this before, I one time bought an autobiography, a book, just one book, 75 bucks that book was. And it was the autobiography of a gentleman. The book's about that thick. His name is Charles Spurgeon. The book's called Prince of Preachers. Literally, it's that thick. 75 bucks. And at the time, we were living in Visalia. I didn't know we really have 75 bucks for just a book. And my friend said, man, you're silly. And I said, look, I go, I'd rather spend 75 bucks and learn about a man's lifetime and grow from him than not learn at all and fail miserably. People have a way of teaching us things. That's why it's fun to get around people. You learn. So wisdom comes through pain. Wisdom comes through people. But thirdly, the best answer is wisdom comes through prayer. What did James say? If any of you lacks wisdom, ask, what did it say? God. You need wisdom? Ask God. Well, God doesn't speak to me. Not true. He speaks all the time. No, 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 pastor. No, no, no. He stopped speaking a long time ago. No, he speaks all the time. We're just not listening. We're not seeing. If you ask God, I promise you, God will speak to you. Here's the problem. Sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Ah, back to that patience thing again. Prayer. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. Oh, that's good. Generously. Not like, here's just a little bit to get you by. No, no, no. I'll give you so much wisdom. I'm a generous. I'm a really good God. I'll give it to you as Omar comes. Trials are necessary for your wholeness. Trials must be walked through with wisdom. And number three, trials must be faced without wavering. This is where it gets tough. But when you ask, James 1, 6, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts, now he gives us an illustration here. So now we're going to get visual. It's like a wave of the sea. We live on the central coast. This shouldn't be too hard to see. It's like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now, it sounds harsh, but track with me. In this passage of Scripture, James is using the analogy of the waves of the sea. One of the things that we know about waves is they're unpredictable. We were on a cruise a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I'll ever go back on one. <laughs> Did really good for the first three days. Fell apart for the last two. And these were baby waves on a really big boat. But I was on a fishing boat a little bit before that, a couple months previous. And it was a choppy day. And the gentleman that we were with, he was, we're fishing, but he's, he's watching. And I just remember him saying, you know, waves are unpredictable. You can't always see where they're coming from. You might think you have it figured out, but then something will come another way. 
And it's funny because when you're in those moments and you're seasick getting ready to throw up over the side of a boat, at least me, I remember this scripture. I'm like, out of all the times to have a Bible moment, as I'm, you know, but they're unpredictable. A lot of people, they live their lives the same way. Up one day, down the next. Think about this. With a God who is so constant, we find ourselves up one day, down the next. All in with God one day, not so much the next day. Unstable, undependable, and stuck. And when it comes to walking through trials with wisdom, you want to know what it really comes down to? I guess I could take this whole message and just sum it up in one statement. Would have been a lot shorter of a message, by the way. Side note, squirrel moment. You guys know me too well. Can you imagine if one week you came to church and I just opened up the scripture and just read it and then gave a one-word sentence and said, God bless you, see you next week? Some of you would be like, greatest church service ever. But this really is simple. You want to hear this? What it really comes down to is do you believe God or do you not? Come on, let's just cut right where it is. If you believe God is good, whatever you're facing, although it hurts, and I understand, although it's been difficult, I'm not trying to say buck up little buckaroo, blah, blah, blah. Listen, you have emotions. Do you want to know why you have emotions? Because you were made in God's image and likeness, meaning God has emotions. Some of you have emotions and you think you're just, no, no, no. God gave you those. They serve a purpose. So if anybody ever tells you you're not allowed to grieve and you're not allowed to be, almost said the, silly, almost said the other word. You know, not the bad one, stupid. Okay, I'll just say it so everyone has clarification. That's just silly. You're not allowed to experience that. You're a child of God. Come on. I have so many thoughts going through my head right now, and I can go a complete different direction. Okay, let me just give some clarity here. If anybody ever tells you that you're not allowed to feel that, you're not allowed to to be down, just look at them and say, have you ever read your Bible? Now, be careful, though, because you have to do it in love, right? But if you have a relationship with them, and you've got that level, you just let them say, really? How's that working out for you? Never had a down moment? Do you know you get sick? Does anybody know that? Bless God, brother. No, we don't. I'm healed. Christians don't get sick. Well, Christians die, and that probably stems from some type of sickness or illness or body malfunction. How did I get off on this? Oh, I remember. I'll come back to that. Told you, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You guys think Jacob just has it. Where do you think he gets it from? Um, but it's like we're, we're, we're disillusioned at times. And let's just call a spade a spade. 
many times it's the gospel that people make up. Well, this is what God was saying. Well, no, that's not what God was saying. Let scripture interpret scripture. Let's do that and see how we get to your doctrine. Here's what I'm trying to say. Do you believe God's word or do you not? Well, let me ask again. I'll, have, I'll let you guys answer me. <laughs> do you believe God or do you not? Okay. So whatever you're facing, if that's the case, whatever you're facing is a trial or a testing. Does God's word say he will pull you through? It does. Does God show you ways that you must walk through it? Yes, he does. So that's all you got to do. Welcome. 35 minutes. I guess what I'm really saying to you is if you believe God, take him at his word. It works every single time. It will not fail you. It will not let you down. As many of you guys know, it will lift you up, but it will sometimes confront the mess out of you. And I'm so thankful that I serve a God who loves me enough to say, hey, knock that off. He cares about everything, y'all. Everything. Man, I'd be afraid if God wasn't convicting me. That means my heart has gotten so hard and so far removed from him that I can't even hear him say, stop that. That's a good God. The Bible says, paraphrasing, that his children love his discipline. Don't run from it. Why? Because God wants best for you. So just embrace it. All right? So what do we need to do? Spend a lot of time telling you what you need to know. What do you need to do? Pop that up on the screen for me real quick. MJ? Ooh, that's good. Persevere and never quit. That's simple. Just persevere and just don't quit. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on the things of God. If you haven't been reading your Bible, just pick it back up and start reading it again. If your prayer life is weak, make it strong. Do you see what I'm saying? Persevere. Don't quit. Just get back up. Do it again. And then do it again, and then do it again. That's what James is saying. Look at, look at what he's saying is, is look, persevering quick. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. That person will receive the crown of life. What person? The person who doesn't quit, who just gets back up again. Got to make that relationship right? Do it again. Got to get your finances in order? Do it again. Got to get right with a family member? Sit down at the table, drink some coffee or a rock star if you have to, and say, what can we do to find peace? Do it again. It's that simple. It just takes you persevering under trial. Stop running. Start persevering. Start dealing. Would you stand to your feet? Let me close with this illustration. It's called, Which One Are You? Now, it's going to sound silly, so just go with me. And whoever turned on the AC, God bless you. I could feel cool. I love you. Thank you. Which one of these are you in tough times? Just go with me. Are you the carrot? Are you the egg? Or are you coffee? You coffee people, you've already answered who you are. A daughter was complaining to her father about how hard things were. 
She said, as soon as I solve one problem, another one comes up, Dad, and I'm tired of struggling. Anybody ever been there? So her father, a chef, took her into the kitchen where he filled three pots with water. And he placed inside each one of them separately. He put an egg into one. He put a carrot into another. And then he grounded up coffee beans and he placed them in to sit and boil without saying a word. The daughter impatiently waited, wondering what he was doing. And after a while, he went over and he turned off the burners. He fished out the carrots and he placed them in a bowl. He pulled out the egg and he placed them in a bowl. And then he poured out the coffee into a bowl. It's kind of weird. Probably should have been a cup. And turning her to her, he asked, darling, what do you see? And she said, well, I see carrots, I see eggs, and I see coffee. And he brought her closer and he asked her to, to feel the carrots. And she did. And she noted that they were soft. He then asked her to take an egg and to break it. And after pulling off the shell, she discovered it was a hard-boiled egg. And finally, he asked her to, to sip the coffee. And she smiled as she tasted its rich flavor after she added creamer and five tablespoons of sugar and vanilla pumps. That would be my coffee. And so she asked... Dad, what does this mean? And he explained that each of them had faced the same adversity, boiling water. It's the same. But each reacted differently. The carrot, it went in strong, unrelenting. But after being subject to the boiling water, it softened and it became weak. The egg... It's fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior, but after sitting through the boiling water, its inside was hardened. The ground coffee beans were unique. However, by being in the boiling water, they changed the water. And he asked his daughter, when adversity when trials and when testings knock on your door, which are you? And today I propose that question to all of us. Which are you? Do you cave to the pressure of life? Have you allowed your heart to get hard? Or are you allowing trials and testing to change things and to make you better? Which are you? Only you know the answer to that. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, my heart is hardened. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm impatient. I'm tired of test and test and test today, God wants to change your heart. And he wants you to look at every single one of those trials as a way for him to develop something in you that will make you better, that will make you stronger, that will change things not only in your life, but around your life. 
That's what God wants to do in you. Amen. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 805-321-1357 or visit us at slow.canyonhills.com. Until next time, have a great day and be encouraged that God is with you and for you.